Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Hey! It's Warhorse and you are listening to the Untitled Wrestling Podcast! Now shut the hell up and listen, or else I'll rule your ass! Hello again, it's the Untitled Wrestling Podcast, and we're here with our weekly news roundup. My name is Troy, joined as always by Jay. What's going on, man? And a slow news week, hasn't it? Fuck all yeah, that. Yeah, nothing. Absolutely nothing, mate. It's not nothing like after last week. No, no, definitely not. I would start but with my dad and then looked at me phone and went, oh, oh, well, this is happening. <laughs> no, that happened, did it? Nah, nothing. Nothing at all. Let's get straight into it. WWE NXT news. So, uh, April 29th, so literally the day after we did uh, last week's news. Uh, it's the day off. It was literally two hours recording. Oh, man. Uh, WWE released Malcolm Bivens, Dakota Kai, Dexter Loomis, Paige Prinzavali, Vish Kanya, Draco Anthony, Harland, Persia Parotta, Raylan Devine, and Mila Malani. John Laurinaitis made the cuts and cited budget cuts as the reason. Of course he did. Uh, the email internally read, due to budget cuts and with immediate effect as of today, we have come to terms with the release of the following. Those cited have a 30-day non-compete clause. Fightful Select, uh, where we got this article from, also added that there was one NXT official that contacted us and expressed frustration that several angles, acts and stories were affected with little to no notice or preparation. We've spoken to several of the release talents who have been in good spirits, all things considered. Um, there's a few more bits off the back of this. Do you want me to just run through those? Can do, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sticking with the Fightful uh, and their source, uh, they're told specifically in regards to Malcolm Bivens, uh, now going again under his name, Stokely Hathaway, had made it abundantly clear that he didn't plan on re-signing. He'd also done uh, this last year. Sorry, he'd also done this last year but was re-signed as a result of the pitch of Diamond Mine Stable after not being used on TV for two years. Hathaway was offered a new deal in February, but informed WWE that he would not be signing it. Adding to that, Fightful Select said, we're told by a source in the department that there was a significant push within WWE Digital to feature Bivens more as well. Sources indicated that WWE had tentative main roster plans for Malcolm Bivens and had pitched his name as a potential manager for Omas a month ago before MVP was solidified as the direction. In addition, we're told that LA Knight was considered for the spot. However, when presented a new restructured contract, Bivens passed on it after re-signing last year. We're told that his deal was set to expire towards the beginning of 2023. Despite the main roster pitches, Bivens was said to have no desire to re-sign. I mean, <clears throat> the fact that they was, he was signed for two years and they did nothing with him. Mental. Proper, he, proper mad. Like, he reminds me of Bobby Heenan. Mm. He really does. Mm. In the sense that <clears throat> he's so charismatic. He, he feels like he's someone who's got, like, crossover appeal. Yeah. Like, I know he's... One of the things he announced literally just, just before his release got announced was uh, he's doing a stand-up comedy show in New York. Awesome. I'd pay um, good money to see that. Well, a lot of people already have. Yeah. <laughs> and even on the post that he had like quotes from like Kevin Owens and Shayna Baszler say like, don't go to see this. It'll be awful and stuff like that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I think 
I don't necessarily think he's going to end up back in wrestling. I mean, I do. I mean, it takes the other bit, bit of a theory about this where MJF very quickly after the release posted the picture and deleted very quickly as well. Mm-hmm. I've um, Stokely Hathaway in uh, Beyond Wrestling when he used to manage MJF. Mm. Um, and obviously, like, Smart Mark Sterling and AEW is kind of spreading himself thin right now. Yeah. We were we we said we think he'd be the perfect manager for Jay Cargill and the absolutely one hundred percent. Or put him with MJF because that'll be gold anyway. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, th- yeah. those were the two that we were like they're they're perfect fits for him. Like yeah. those two those two things where he's just like a little weasel and he's got like this fucking like group of like big hench women with him, or <laughs> he's like more of a weasel than MJF is. <laughs> and e- either way though, he- he's going to be fine, isn't he? Like he will, he will, yeah. 30 days from now, he's probably going to be uh, showing up somewhere. Um, who knows where? But yeah. it's it's just mad. Like the I'm the whole, I didn't I didn't realize I knew he'd been signed for ages and they weren't using them. I was like, why aren't they fucking using them? Mm. But I didn't realize it was two years that he just no, went. No, I didn't. I remember that the last time I saw him before he sort of came back out again was with Indusher, wasn't it? Yeah, and then managing uh, them and that just. Then Sanger out very quickly. Keithley winning the belts and they mm. just cut push drop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's mad, isn't it? Mm. Before we move on to, we've got a couple of other bits on on uh, various people that are released, but just to go to some of the the other names that people might not be as aware of. Um, among that list were, well, I'll say not as aware. Dexter Loomis, uh, a lot of people um, know of him. Uh, Paige Prinzavali, uh, Vish Kanya, Draco Anthony, uh, Persia Parata. Raylan Devine, uh, Mila Milani. Uh, Dexter Loomis is a surprising one. It is, but at the same, well, I, I mean, I'm from reading, um, from from reading like the thing where they said that uh, people who were in creative were quite annoyed that like several angles and acts had to be scrapped. Mm. Um, Steph Delander, the former Persia Parotta, actually did the interview with Fightful yesterday, right? And as part of it, she. Um, she said, like, she'd actually signed with WWE in 2019. Okay. And was tagging within, within the Hartwell um, in, like, Australia in the Indies. Right. Uh, she attacked Indy, went in the, on Indy's last show, and then she got signed, like, pretty much the same time as Indy. Um, they were going to follow that angle over. Okay. To NXT, well, then black and gold, and then the pandemic happened. And, right, right. Um she was on like a kind of like probation thing where it was like every three months they'd assess whether they could bring her over because of the mm-hmm. pandemic. Right. Um, and that was what she said, like that's what they were leading to. Right. And then all like uh, Dexter and Duke thing. And it was like, almost like she would, her and Duke were trying to upstage Indy and Dexter. And that was mm. what was leading into that. So for them to have released two people, like two integral parts of the storyline they've seemingly been doing. Yeah. For quite a while now. October. Yeah. Yeah, good while, good while. It's, That's baffling. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a shame, man. I I, I love Dexalims. I think I even had him down in our end of year predictions. Year before last to be um, North American champion. I thought he was awesome. Really, really good. It's such a he's, shame. He'll, he'll be fine, though, again. He's... Uh, Go back to being Samuel Shaw. I think he's he, already changed his kind of... Samuel Shaw. Bookings he's is up, that on his, his social media. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's good friends with... Uh, Nick Alders, so I imagine that there'll be an opportunity for him in NWA. Yeah. 
he's got history with impact, so I imagine there'll be opportunities for him there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he's one that as much as, and also he's like 37, 38 as well, isn't he? So yeah, he's he, again that's that he doesn't fit their kind of like model that he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look, looking at some of the other names, I mean, we'll we'll go into two of them in a bit. I'll, I know Draco Anthony have been on TV, hadn't he? Yeah, a little bit. It was it was a weird stop start kind of thing with him. They they had some vignettes before he debuted. There was a bit of intrigue there, and then didn't really do. But came out had like a few matches, and then was involved a little bit in the storyline with Joe Gacy and Harland. And it was sort of teased that he might eventually kind of go heel and turn and and, and join them. And then that fizzled out very quickly. And then he was briefly in something with. Um, Zion Quinn as well for all of a few weeks and that fizzled out very quickly. It just doesn't feel like they had like they, they just didn't pull the trigger like that they saw something there it, but they couldn't quite make their mind up and, and it didn't come to fruition. It's been said previously and we've co- we've touched on it previously before and it's been kind of reiterated again here that the a lot of like these new signings who are new to wrestling are being given 90 days to basically sink or swim. Mm-hmm. Which is ridiculous when you think like, like some some jobs like take like six months at least to train for. Yeah, it's mad. Um, to to go all right, yeah, you need to be good at wrestling in three months. You've never done it before, but you need to be good at it in three months. Mm. Otherwise, we're gonna fucking fire you. It's like, come on, yeah, it's balmy. Be realistic. Like the to to the uh, other points of that, those people who were re- like were in the system who had never made it to TV, who were literally there for like five, six years mm. learning how to do it. And they were given like the time to do it and then they got they got released. Yeah. That I understand if you if you're not picking it up after that much time, all right, fair enough, maybe it's not for you. Mm. Well three months, come on. There's like, nothing. Three months is absolutely nothing. At yeah. All. But I mean as I say, there's a few names who are actual like have the backgrounds in wrestling. Peja Paras is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll she'll be fine. She's already got. She's already been announced for a uh, uh, the XPW Women's Title Tournament uh, today. Nice, nice. Uh, alongside names like Diana Perazzo, Chelsea Green, Taya Valkyrie. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. She'll be all right. Um, I didn't realize. Harlan, Sorry, Harlan, God, yeah, yeah. Uh, as well. Uh, he's obviously we'll we'll talk about him in a sec. Or actually, shall we just talk about him now? Yeah, so yeah, we've got a little bit there. Um, so yeah, he'd signed with WWE after much hype, but coaches and officials told Fightful that they felt he'd not progressed in the ring quite enough for their liking. He signed, he'd been he'd been there a year, hadn't he? Maybe a little more, at least a year. I I I, I have a feeling he signed around February, March time last year. So yeah, about about 14 months, but yeah. even still, like he didn't seem bad. No, he didn't. I didn't think he did. Not at all. Um, there's, he, there's people on 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 that roster that seem a lot less accomplished or, or progressed and are, are getting regular TV time. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it'll, again, he's another one. I think he'll be all right because there's a lot of people who have like have been a lot of big names in wrestling have been talking about him mm. as if he's like one to watch. Um, well, they, even they were. Ever. Before, weren't they? It was well, Paul Heyman, next Brock Lesnar, all of this business. Paul Heyman was, wasn't he? Um, and obviously, uh, obviously, you've got like a guy like Court Bauer, 
from MLW who was like, oh yeah, that guy's like, I've known him for years. He's a freak yeah. athlete. He'll be yeah. fine. Uh, he he uh, picked up EJ and Duca, the judge, oh, yeah. uh, and from when he got released and obviously um, he's training him in MLW and he's making him a prominent name. Maybe MLW somewhere he'll end yeah. up. Just having uh, joined Contra with fucking Kruger and the other big bastards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another another person um, or another per- well yeah another person who's familiar with him who's a talent scout was obviously William Regal yeah and Samoa yeah. Joe yeah um, maybe bring him in a, into AW uh, just as maybe not even sign him just bring him into like just like train with the Nightmare Factory mm-hmm. yeah. um, it, again it, it's it, it's weird because he seemed like he had potential. He did seem like yeah. a like a future star, but he definitely seemed like he could. There was something he put, there. He puts his mind to it. Yeah, and he's got a great look. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I, I get the feeling that he's gonna be okay as well. Hmm. Like I say, there's a lot of there's impact. There's MLW um, and there's AW that I've just said as well with their like their training facilities. That he could go to and like land there and hmm. not really have the pressure to kind of grow at the speed that they want them to, so they can just go right. You're a star now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of it does come down to those impatience, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, like we said, ninety days to try and prove yourself. Like it's just you kind of like obviously he's had more than ninety days, but that whole impatience thing, expecting results kind of straight away. It's just, ugh. yeah, I don't get it. Um, one of the other names in there is Raylan Devine. I don't know much about her, but she is the sister of Mace, or now going in the name of Face, isn't she? I think. Oh, is she? I'm sure she is. Fairly certain she is. It was her or it wasn't Mila Milani. I'm sure it's Raylan Devine. I'm sure she's the sister of Mace, but I hadn't actually seen her wrestle. I'm not sure if she she'd even been on TV, but yeah. Um, speaking of uh, of women in NXT um, and, and sticking with those releases. Dakota Kai uh, was said to have seen the release coming and beyond that had indicated to WWE that she was not planning on renewing her WWE contract, uh, much like Stokely Hathaway. Um, Kai got several looks on the main roster in dark matches, but those uh, at Fightful, uh, sorry, those that Fightful spoke to at the time of WWE's draft said that there was no solid direction, plan or firm ideas for her on the main roster and had no idea if she'd even be called up. Dakota Sky's contract was set to expire in April of 2023. How'd you have nothing for Dakota Sky? Pardon? How'd you have nothing for Dakota Sky? That's fucking mental, isn't it? <laughs> like, me, me and Aaron, like, literally were talking about her. Like, she's like, she feels like Shawn Michaels in the 90s in NXT, in the sense that you could see that there was greatness there. They just yeah. didn't really know what they were going to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, not not in the backstage politics thing. She seems like an absolute sweetheart from like watching the streams and that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But again, she's gonna be fine. Um, I I get the impression that. I mean, AW will probably have her as the Joker on the in the uh, women's casino battle royal. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be good. She she seems like the one that I think's the most likely. Um, yeah. Or maybe Miriam, but Miriam could just rock up whatever now. But yeah. Um, Coach Kai, I think, would be a big one for that. She, either that or Impact. I think she, she'd go for... She'd do well in Impact. But wherever, again, 
wherever she goes, she might go back to stardom. Mm. Uh, which, I mean, she'd fucking tear that apart, wouldn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. It, Sorry, carry on. I, I, I was just going to say, wherever she goes, she's going to be just fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, interestingly, like uh, Stokely Hathaway decided to not renew, like re-sign her contract, um, kind of shows the the sign of the times there in, in a lot of frustrations. And again, we'll, we'll get on to, to someone else that's wanting out of the company. Um, but yeah, quite telling in that, you know, they're not wanting to be there and they can clearly see they've, I guess, hit that ceiling, if you like, hit that roof. And it's, yeah, it's just criminal that there's, they don't see a future for these these men and women who are clearly very talented, whether it be in ring, on the mic, kind of as managers, Stokely Hathaway. Um, just really, really baffling. It's still baffling how she was never NXT Women's Champion. I think she, they they missed that opportunity and just, yeah. Oh, she should have thrown Raquel, absolutely. Uh, yeah, 100%, 100%. Or even Shayna, you were doing that story with Shayna, where they never really pulled the trigger on it. Yeah, they... They revisited that slightly, which was nice when they had the women's tag team championships and they had Dakota and Raquel. Sorry, uh, yeah, Dakota and Raquel against Shayna and Nia. And there was that whole thing where it was like, Dakota's like, I'm growing up now. You can't bully me anymore. That was nice. No, it was, there was more to play on there and, and just didn't tap into it as as they tend to do, which is a shame. Anyway, should we yeah. go to the next bit? Yeah, go on. Um <clears throat> So while they are releasing a lot of people, someone they ain't releasing anytime soon, the poor bastard, is Roderick Strong. Uh, Fightful Selectors learned that Roderick Strong has asked for his WWE release multiple times over the last several months. Uh, We're told that Strong has grown frustrated with many things over the past year within the company and had requested his release, which had been denied by WWE. Do you reckon that was, you know, them firing his wife and all his mates? Probably, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think it's got something to do with it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Strong's the last m- remaining member of the Undisputed Era with WWE. Was pitched the Diamond Mine Stable last year. It was set to feature himself, Tyler Rust, Arturo Ruas, Malcolm Bivens, Hideki Suzuki, and his wife Marina Shafir. Oh, God, this is awkward, isn't it? <laughs> They're all gone, aren't they? They're all gone. Um, less than a year later, Strong is now the only member of the originally pitched stable to remain. Fightful Select reported that Strong had re-signed with WWE shortly before um, Before that. NXT sources indicated that Strong was also pitched the name change, which he was said to oppose the idea of. There were many, there were many within the company that were surprised that Strong was not included in the April 29th round of NXT releases as he made it clear to WWE that he wanted out. That you, don't, you don't do that. Don't tell them you want out, then they won't release you. Yeah. Um, all of the other members of the Undisputed Era and Cole, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish are in a stable together in AEW. Uh, those that they've spoken, the Fightful spoken to on the WWE side of things says Strong has remained professional in his handling of creative week to week. Um, WWE sources can, that confirm the news claim they currently have no plans to release Strong and he factors into their creative plan, their creative plan of keeping him away from his wife and his friends. <laughs> um <coughs> I mean, like, they say that, but what have they done with him recently? Nothing. As soon as he lost that Cruiserweight Championship, that was it. He just became a bit part in Diamond Mine, and it was all about the Creed Brothers. He had a a rematch with Ilya in uh, NXT, didn't he? Yeah. That was nice. Uh, 
It's such and a then shame, literally, man. like you've got him managing the Creed Brothers, but the season the Creed Brothers are turning on. Yeah. And the Ivy Nile's going to turn on. It's baffling. It really is. Just, with with just everything we've discussed in the last fucking 10, 15 minutes, all of these are baffling. But the thing is, right. That... So he's an independent contractor. So he shouldn't have any obligation to stay with the company because he's not a contracted employee. He's an independent contractor. They say that. I didn't say that. They fucking said that. <laughs> um, and not only that, in any other job, you can give your fucking notice in and go, all right, I'll, I'll work like two weeks notice. Mm. They're not even letting him do that. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Yeah. I, I don't get it. He was of the Undisputed Era as well. He was the first to sign with WWE as well, wasn't he? He was there before Cole, O'Reilly and Fish. <clears throat> yeah, he um, originally signed with uh, Austin Aries. Uh, oh, Christ, oh, he did, didn't he? Uh, as his tag team partner to reform Generation X from ROH um, <clears throat> for the Dusty Classic. And he was, only meant to, he was only meant to be there for the Dusty Classic and then the Triple H loved him and signed him. I mean, what's not to love? Roderick Strong's incredible. Just breaking people's backs left, right, and centre. Love it. I, I, I um, honestly like think where wherever he goes, it'll be fine. He's the perfect for me, anyway. He's the perfect foil for uh, Jonathan Gresham as like the as like his first like major like feud in AW. Yeah, man. For the for the ROH title. Because yeah. Roderick Strong, former ROH champion, um, similar sort of styles, similar, mm-hmm. um, si- similar like kind of sort of paths to that title. Mm. That stalwarts in Ring of Honor, and then eventually won the title. Um, and yeah, like that. That for me would be like the perfect kind of like first major feud for Gresham yeah. as like a was ROH champion. Yeah, that or pure chat like. Pure championship as well, man. I'd see him in that. Oh, I'd like setup. the best there, uh, Roddy. Yeah. Yeah. You too, it'd be good. Mm. We'll see. That being said, he doesn't necessarily need to join um, join the Undisputed Elite. No. It would make the most sense. Would. But and he could, could eventually but keep him away from it, like they did in NXT. Yeah. Well, he wasn't he meant to be in it, was he? No, no, no. 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 Um, because that was like that was meant to be the big blow off um, to uh, like his feud with Adam Cole, wasn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's move. Go be with his friends. <laughs> let's move on. Anyway, uh, WWE has less royal families now, as a couple of Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae are both free agents. Fightful reported earlier this year that LeRae's WWE deal was up in the spring. I mean, there was no indication of an extension at that point. This morning, uh, at time of recording, Larray was added to the alumni section of WWE.com and Fightful, Fightful was able to speak with WWE sources that confirmed she was a free agent. Larray's husband, Johnny Gargano, left the company back in December and hasn't wrestled since, but he has started doing signings. The two had their first child in February and Larray has remained on television for several months before taking uh, off for maternity leave. As of a few weeks ago, Fightful had heard that there weren't any talks of an extension 
but hadn't heard how that landed since then. We were told by one WWE source that if they had their way, the decision to freeze the contract during maternity leave would be in her court, but we weren't given an indication that that is the case. I mean, this, this literally broke just before we started recording this, and there's already speculation of where they're going to go next. Mm. Um, I, I just want to see Johnny and Candice and P, PWG have much of the old books. Yeah, man. Because we we had Candice and Redacted have their match, um, where the young books like super kicked her with the thumbtack um, covered uh, shoe. Yeah, let's fucking re- rewind it back with her actual husband. That'd be fun. Yeah, man. Or have them just just as well. If the Johnny Gargano could be young books, that'd be fucking fun. Yeah, man. Or just have them kick fuck out of Sammy and Ty Conte. That'd be nice as well. It, <laughs> that that would be my ideal way for them to show up in AW. Mm-hmm. Just, just have Johnny just fucking murder Sammy. <laughs> um, I, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Like Johnny's definitely closer to coming back to the ring. Yeah, for sure. He's been heavily teased to be part of GCW. Um, Blake Christian, like, literally can't keep his fucking name out of his mouth. <laughs> any any chance he's left, any chance he has, he's like, Johnny Gargano, come to GCW wrestling. <laughs> um, which would be incredible, to be fair. That would probably really be on many people's match of the year candidates if it were to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean... I just want to see Johnny Gargano wrestle again and Candice. Yeah, definitely. I want to see Candice do it, like go back to doing intergender stuff because I think that's where she like really thrived. Mm. Like when she was doing that in PWG, she was like literally one of the only women on the PWG roster and she was going out like wrestling matches with like the young bucks and I saw people her match with Cedric Alexander. Yeah. That was good. She had a banger with Johnny Gargano somewhere on the Indies as well. Um, ah. But yeah, like that, that's that's something that I felt really kind of like hindered Candice in the sense that they they were never gonna give her like uh, intergender stuff. No, and that's no, where no, I no, thought, no, that's where I thought she thrived. Mm. I, I don't think they would in AEW either. Because I was gonna say they won't do it in AEW either, though. So that's like, why just... I said PWG because Excalibur and Super Dragon don't, don't give a shit. They'll just fucking do it. <laughs> They'll just, they'll just buff, buff Candice versus Malachi Black and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> a Brody King fucking pilot Ganto bomber in front of a fucking uh, 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 new bone child. <laughs> just for the just lulls. Just for the lulls. Um, <laughs> real talk, though, I can see once, like, once she comes back to the ring, because obviously we don't know if she intends to, she might want to spend some time being a mother for a bit. Um, she, she's entitled to of course she is um, um, I think once she like gets back to being like getting the itch to wrestle again I could see her doing like a European tour or something I'd like to see that Session Moth Martinez probably got something to say about that oh oh yeah as has Gene Money oh top lad top top lad Gene Money yeah top lad indeed Gene Money Um. It's me now, isn't it? It is I. <clears throat> so let's move away from releases now. Finally, uh, for well, for now, uh, we'll we'll get back to some of them. Um, Fightful has learned that WWE's Royal Rumble event for January 2023 currently has the Alamo Dome in San Antonio as the front runner. 
The event last appeared there in 2017, and it was the site for the 1997 edition. Nothing is official until the venue and the location is officially announced. Um, last year's SummerSlam location was being discussed until fairly close uh, to the actual announced date. Andrew Zarian of Matt Men Radio noted recently that WWE is planning on running more Dome shows per year than ever before, which lines up with Nick Khan's vision that um, Fightful have heard from WWE sources as well. Seattle and New Orleans have also expressed interest in hosting the event. Yeah, they seem they seem to love Texas for events, don't they? Like it feels like fucking massive. I mean, yeah, it's vast as well. Um, to be fair though, I also wouldn't be against a New Orleans one because I've never been there, but it's on my bucket list to go to. I know you have, and you're a big fan of it. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, I just think it's I didn't get awesome to see much because I was doing all the WrestleMania stuff as well. <laughs> so I'd like to go back and actually properly like. Like I did, the, I did the tour of like the city, like the bus tour of the city, but I didn't mm-hmm. actually like get to leave. Like, like I, I even bet like Bourbon Street, I literally fucking walked down it for like about five minutes. <laughs> I didn't actually properly like experience it. I just went, like went down and went, yeah, it's ain't me, and just fucking went off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's. I mean, I've been to San Antonio as well, and where where I stayed it was next to the Alamo, like right. Literally right next to the Alamo Dome, uh, okay. we stayed like uh, Airbnb, like right next to it, and it's fucking huge. Yeah, it's vast, man. It's 64,000 seater to beast. It it looks like a fucking like an oil tanker. Mm. Like they, literally, it's that it's that high, um, and it's like just a big square. Yeah, um, beast. Yeah, I, I mean. 2017, what rumble was that? That was a bad one, wasn't it? Uh, let me have a look. 2017 Royal Rumble. Ah, that was the one with Taker, Goldberg, Lesnar, Cena. That autumn one? Uh, yes. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, that was a shitty one. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, it was... Um... It was on that six women tag, uh, Royal Tag Team Championships, Gallows and Anderson, Sheamus Cesaro. Did they, have, did they have Owens versus Ambrose? Had Owens versus Roman Reigns, no disqualification match for the Universal Championship. Oh, that was good. With Chris Jericho suspended above the ring in a shark cage. Uh, I remember Neville, that being a good match. Neville Rich, well, oh, John Cena, AJ Styles. That was good. That was good. And then, yeah, the that was Rumble. one where they didn't leave the ring at all, wasn't it? And then, yeah, the Rumble, Randy Orton defeat, um, last eliminating Reigns. Right, so it was the, the first Rumble. Oh, sorry, the last Rumble before the first Women's Rumble. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, it yeah. It wasn't a terrible Rumble. The match itself was shit. Uh, That's what I meant. I see. Fair enough. I, I, I never I never booked Royal Rumbles by the fucking card made to book them by the matches. <laughs> like good by the matches like this year's rumble was, well this year's rumble was just a tire fire anyway this year's rumble was not good it was just dreadful but general uh, generally um i would if if both the rumble matches were good i would have probably went, oh yeah i was quite a good rumbler yeah yeah but i digress uh, we will move on uh next bit of news is xavier woods posted a new video which uh you can see uh, on youtube uh, announcing the return of Up, Up, Down, Down. Woods, through metaphors, uh, discussed the rise of the channel, the dry period, and now the new era. 
Content slowed at the end of 2021 with Fightful Select reporting many of the content creators associated with Up, Up, Down, Down had stopped making content for the brand in solidarity with Xavier Woods as they felt he was getting taken advantage of by a bad deal with Up, Up, Down, Down. Many regulars on the show, including reigning champion Mia Yim, Tyler Bree, Cesaro, Adam Cole, Dakota Kai, Jessamyn Duke are now no longer with WWE. Mm. Um, yeah, he actually released um, his first bit of like proper up, up, down, down content today as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, he did the live stream yesterday of him doing my rise on 2K22. He did yeah, um, I'm sorry that. Literally just about five minutes before we started recording. He released um, Miz and Ricochet playing Tekken. Nice. Miz went for Steve Fox because apparently he hates fun. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's good to see him back. I mean, it, I think it's going to have a hard time kind of like not adjusting, but maybe a hard time getting some of the f- fans back mm. because a lot, I, I know like a lot of people love the party. Oh, absolutely. And, like, yeah, I, that's what got me into it was like his whole like friendship with Tyler Breeze and Cesaro and Adam Cole and obviously mm. they're not allowed to do it anymore. Yeah. Um, well, they're not allowed to do it at up, up, down, down anymore. If you go mm. on Tyler Breeze's The Sweets channel, they do still have do. the party. Yeah. yeah. I imagine I imagine uh, Claudio's Cafe and the Chugs are going to do a few the party things as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I seem to remember... First of all, this must indicate that Woods has got a new deal with it, mm-hmm. which is good because the way WWE were treating him for that was shitty. Like, yeah, not paying him any extra for yeah. basically being a content producer for them. Yeah, it was very wrong. He should he should have had a second contract put in place Absolutely. for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's good to see that they're actually seemingly have have given him that. Mm. Um, also, uh, I could have sworn that Jasmine Duke had a separate contract for Down Down. She did. I'm sure she did. I'm but then certain she's remember really, us talking about that. She's not really done anything with them. Um, no. She's uh, been pretty, he- like, focused pretty heavily on her own, like, streaming mm-hmm. um, on YouTube. Uh, yeah. Her and me Yim, and RJ City have been doing co-streams. Yeah. They were playing the Back for Blood DLC last night. Nice. We also, need to get back on that. We do. Also, RJ, just RJ City playing games like that is fucking brilliant. Because <laughs> if you're not familiar with RJ City, he's basically like the Jerry Seinfeld of wrestling. <laughs> so just imagine Jerry Seinfeld playing Phasmophobia. That's what you get. It's wonderful. <laughs> yes. um, anyway, moving on. Last bit of WWE news, and then we'll get to some, some real good news. Um, WrestleVotes tweeted, WWE has discussed adding another stand and deliver event for one of the big three um, stadium shows happening this summer. Um, they said, I've heard the preference is the UK for Clash at the Castle, but Nashville SummerSlam seems more likely all to be determined still. That would be pretty cool if they did it at Clash at the Castle, man. Like, yeah. just, just do you know, NXT you know versus NXT problem, UK. You know what the problem you've got there is? What's that? Is I've got a feeling the venue they'd be after if Swear Progress is running. Oh shit! Yeah, of course. Which might be the issue. Yeah. Let, let's face it; they're not. I don't think they're going. Well, you know, they probably would sell it out. Um. Yeah. They could no do doubt. it. 
they could do it. Um, they could do the arena show with me and then, and then do so, well. They do the stadium show, but they do like the arena or something. Mm-hmm. But it, it's interesting, isn't it? Like the the they're talking about that. I while I don't think it's necessarily gonna be WrestleMania, I do think this is like them testing the waters to see for like a bigger pay-per-view in the UK. Like a SummerSlam or a Rumble, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see um, a rumble over here. That'd be fucking awesome. I'd love to see a rumble over here. Yeah. That I think that's the only WWE pay-per-view I'll probably entertain going to at the moment. <laughs> because it's the rumble and I enjoy rumbles. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's pretty yeah. cool though. Like the, the adding another stand and deliver is not just a kind of WrestleMania only thing. And it's nice. It's good. Uh, anyway, that wraps up everything for WWE and NXT news. AEW and Ring of Honor. Uh, kicking off with some Fightful Select uh, news or rather article from them. Uh, they've posted uh, another name is out of all elite wrestling for now, at least as far as talent in the company have heard. AEW sources have indicated that Stu Grayson's AEW deal has expired and he's technically a free agent, which is why he's removed from the AEW roster page, along with Marco Stunt, Joey Janela, and Jack Evans. Many online speculated that it was an error, but were told that that's not the case. Talent that we've spoken to say that AEW has offered a new deal, uh, had offered a new deal and wanted to retain Grayson, but that terms were, uh, the terms were not reached by the 1st of May and the deal expired. Those that they'd spoken to don't believe that the door is closed on a potential return. Grayson last wrestled at the April 27th tapings for AEW's Dark Elevation, which aired on May the 2nd. He won a 12-man tag match with his fellow Dark Order members. This is a... Um, for, for me, anyway, this is a real shame if Sue's... Well, it is and it isn't. I think I've, for a long time now, said Sue Grayson's like one of the hidden gems of AEW. Hmm. As far as like just being so good, like he, he can fly, he's got like power game. He's just he's just different to a lot of like wrestlers. Yeah. Um, and while I think it's a shame he's gone, I also think obviously the door's still open. I think I think he probably will end up coming back. Hmm. Um, maybe because a lot of people seem to like be saying, "Oh yeah, like what do you do? Like what are you doing?" And Tony Khan usually listens to shit like that. Hmm. Um, so he'll probably, hopefully, he'll come in with a better offer. Um, but if not, I mean, Stu Grayson turning up the Indies, that'd be fun. Yeah, just seeing what he can really do because fuck yeah. me, he's so good. Um, Isn't he an original member of the Dark Order as well? Wasn't him and Uno? It was him and Uno. Yes. Yeah. So um, they used to be a tag team on the Indies called the Super Smash Bros. That was obviously it, yeah. they got a cease and desist for that, um, <laughs> and then they started doing like the Dark Order but they weren't they weren't called the Dark Order I think they were just called Evil Uno and Stu Grayson um, Spoopy Boys yeah and then it, the original Dark Order lineup was Uno and Stu um, and teasing that it was going to be a very different exalted one to um, Brody Lee but don't worry about it um, <laughs> and then uh, <clears throat> yeah then they brought in Silver and Reynolds. They brought in five and ten, um, made them into a bit more of a bigger stable. Interestingly, Uno's been tagging a lot more with ten recently. Um, okay, is that Preston Vance? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
which the reason I say interestingly for that is because um, ten like within the dark water there was three tag teams there was Uno Grayson there was um, Silver and Reynolds and there was uh, Five and Dimes which was Five and Ten yeah um, and Uno's kind of took Five's place in that right. like Five's not really not really doing much else I think I mean this is probably a question or a talking point for the AEW podcast and not to diverge, di- uh, divert too far off. But and I, I don't mean this as crass as it comes out. At the moment, what is the Dark Order? What's what's the point of the Dark Order? Because I I don't watch well, AEW as much as you guys do. And they're, they're always there. And they're always kind of a, oh, it's a Dark Order, like kind of entertaining fan favorite. But like, I, what's, I what's think- the point at the moment? It doesn't feel like there's as much direction. So the the whole thing was that like like when Brody was around was that Brody was like kind of like the evil leader, mm. and they were like sort of like the goofy henchmen. And then obviously, unfortunately, Brody passed away, and then they've still kept to be the goofy henchmen, but they kind of like clung themselves to Hangman because they want to be his friends, mm. and that's pretty much all they are at the moment. Um, they they seem to just be kind of like stories like story beats for hangman um they, they have done other stuff like uh they the last uh televised like actual on tv match that uno and steward was them teaming with fuego against the house of black um so I, I think i think they're basically just just goofy baby faces um i mean evil uno seems a lot more involved in like the kind of aw game side of things now yeah, yeah. Um, which is a shame because he's a tremendous wrestler. Um, I I feel like, as far as the Dark Order is concerned, they've got more interest in Silver and um, well, Silver and Reynolds and Preston Vance as like the guys that they want to make stars out of. That. Right. Um, I think they're just kind of like trying to figure out how they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff where people have said the Dark Order feels like it's run its course. And I think to a degree it has. Hmm. I think a lot of it is they're keeping it round because it's Brody. Um, hmm. At the same time, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be adverse to seeing them doing like a, a new gimmick or like like splintering off into different like parts of it. Hmm. Um, I mean, they're, they're obviously still getting used. John Silver's wrestling CM Punk on Dynamite this week. Hmm. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just I don't know. It's it's weird. Like I can I can understand why Stu would want to leave as well if that was the case. Yeah. Because a guy who's that talented. Just stuck in a faction that don't have much direction at the moment, or there doesn't seem to be much mm. for them. But Uno and Grayson weren't even really like doing much like tag team stuff outside of like mm. dark and elevation. Yeah. Which is insane, but either way, I, I think. If he comes back, he'll probably be used a bit better. Uh-huh. And especially with, like, obviously Ring of Honor now being a thing, I think there's going to be a lot more opportunities for guys that we kind of, like, perceive as underutilized to be utilized. Right. Um, but, yeah, if he comes back, I think he'll be, they'll probably end up using him a bit better. If mm-hmm. he doesn't, he's going to have a hell of a run on the indies. Yeah. Um, like, they, as I say, the guy's really talented. 
Um, he's been allowed to show a bit more of his personality on Evil Uno's blog as well, where he's been, he does like gym reviews. Nice. So like he'll do like reviews of his hotel gyms, <laughs> and he gives it like angry stews out of five. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, again, hopefully we get to see Stu Grayson just tear it up somewhere. Mm. Uh, moving on, um, Malachi Black revealed on the Universe of Wrestling podcast that Darius Martin was in a really bad car accident and is unfortunately set to miss six to nine months. He recently posted the picture to his Twitter in a neck brace with a cast on his wrist and cuts on it and bruises on both arms. Jeez. Um, and he, but he did say, may I, the doctor said, may I say, I looks fine though. Uh, <laughs> everyone kind of speculating he'd re-injured his knee. Um, right. Again, it, it wasn't outright said what had happened to him. He posted that picture where he looked like he was in a car crash. Like, oh, mm. fuck it. All right. Um, Excalibur had kind of just briefly mentioned it on commentary saying, unfortunately, Darius is injured and left it at that. Which made right. me think, okay, it's something quite serious then. Yeah, yeah. Um, if they're not going into it, um, hasn't he only just come back? Yeah, yeah. He came Jeez, back. On, he came back in February. So the that tag team. It was battle the royal thing. Battle royal for the tag yeah. team. He came back then, and he's been back two months and then got hurt. In Jeez. Unfortunate events. Um, Poor lad. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he's. So talented. I mean, me, me and Big Tasty were literally like saying um, before this, like it feels like top flight are getting the rocket strapped to them. Like they're going to be like, if they don't win the tag titles by the end of the year, they'll be winning them like early next year. Yeah, I think we, I think we predicted by by Revolution next year they'll have at least be like the number one contenders. Yeah. Um, and the, to be fair, like six to nine months, there's still a chance of that happening, but. Mm-hmm. He is hoping to a speedy recovery, and he's more importantly, he's uh, safe, he's well. Um, and yeah, it this this really sucks. Um, absolutely, that Dante's already doing Dante things. He had this match with Phoenix on Dynamite this week, nice. Um, where it was like watching something out of fucking Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> uh, and also after the match, Phoenix uh, gave his mask to Dante. Oh. Which was nice, but they they didn't show that on there. But mm-hmm. people people who were at the show were saying that like Phoenix put like put Alex's jacket over his head and took his mask off and gave it to Dante. Nice. The show was... That's cool. That's really uh, cool. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. If if anyone hasn't seen that match, go check it out. It was really fun. Mm. Awesome. Uh, sticking with some more news from Fightful Select, they've reported. Uh, quote: We've gained word from several readers that they have received an email from ringleaders claiming that a new AEW show is on the way. The email reads, a new AEW show is coming to TBS. We want to know what you think this new show should be named in a survey below. This is your chance to voice your opinion on a key part of the development and marketing process, as we're excited to hear what you have to say. Among the pitch names are to the top. That sounds far too much like Rose to the top. Uh, Fight to the finish, all access, breakout, uprise, the climb, to the mat, road to the belt, friends and enemies, grit and glory. We've not confirmed this with AEW, and so far the email just contains a survey, but does outright claim a new show is on the way. Ringleaders is Warner Brother, uh, sorry, Warner Media property. Those that we spoke to uh, said, in addition to this, there have been numerous pictures for reality shows of AEW talent, and Darby Allen has already filmed content for one of them. They were also 
Uh, sorry, there were also others who filmed content for sizzle reels. In the past, we've heard that there was interest in Adam Cole, Dr. Britt Baker, and Swerve Scott as well. Nice. Um, um, uh, in an update to this, uh, Sammy Guevara quote tweeted, uh, I think Tony confirmed the show had already been like, confirmed. It's a, essentially, it's going to be like Rose to the Top Season 2's slot. Which is why to the top to name has been pitched. Right. Um, and uh, Sammy Guevara quote tweeted this and said, You all are about to be really mad, which makes me think it's going to be Sammy and Ty. Oh, God. Um, nope. No, thank you. Um, firm no from me. But yeah, I mean, it, I, I'd really like to see it if it was more like. Less like a fucking reality TV show because that's what Road to the Top was. It was basically Miz, Miz and Mrs. But with Cody and Brandy. Yeah. And surprise Ricky Starks every now and again. Um, <laughs> I, I'd i like to see it more if it because there's like a few names there where it's like the um, Road to the Bell um, and Fight to the Finish and All Access. If it was a bit more like sort of like WWE 24. Yeah. Yeah. Where it, if it's like following the talent around um for like, like leading up to like a big match or something. Mm. And then it, it means that they can feature different people in, in those roles. Mm-hmm. Um because I mean like guys like Swerve and Darby Allen, they do seem to have like that mainstream kind of yeah, appeal. Sure. Adam Cole, Adam Cole and Britt Baker are basically like a fucking Hollywood couple at this point. They're at, every time Tony Khan does an event there with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it would be cool to see it more like that than like just a fucking another reality TV show. Um, what do you think? Would you watch something? I would. Of that yeah, I, I love all that sort of stuff. Like the, the 24 series that WWE do is, is awesome. I really, really enjoy watching those. Um, I also enjoyed the... Uh, what was it called? Was it wasn't breaking ground or was it? What was the one they did with like all the NXT talent like years? Oh, and breaking years ago? Was it breaking ground? Yeah, I'd like to see something like that. Like when I saw that word breakout on there, and if it was something could like the nightmare factory and some of the people that feature maybe more on dark and dark elevation, something like that would be really cool well, as well. But that's um something that Cody actually trialed on his uh, well, I say trialed, he's trialing on his YouTube channel. Okay. Interestingly, is uh that he does like because obviously he owns like the nightmare factory. Right. It's him, UT Marshall, which is weird that, like, that's weird. Yeah. Cody's still technically producing talent for AW. <laughs> um, but what one of the things um, that he does. God, not is even the, thought of that. Sorry. <laughs> not even thought yeah, of that. That's such a weird what, scenario. One of the things he does is um, he does like a showcase of, um, like a talent showcase. So they'll basically put on like a show. And it'll kind of like give like a little bit of a background of each guy before the match, and then they'll have a match. Um, that would be something I'd be interested in seeing. I mean, it, yeah. I've I've not looked at it properly. I've I've only really looked at it when there's been people who I've, I'm kind of familiar with because like Anna Jay and Preston Vance are on there a lot. Um, right. Oh shit! I forgot about Anna Jay when I was talking, we were talking about Dark Horde. Mm. Um, yeah, but again, she'll she'll be fine. She'll probably just be be a singles competitor. <laughs> um, but yeah, like um. They like they basically like give a bit of a background of these ta- like these like wrestlers, and then go okay, well they're gonna have a match now, and then they have the match. Yeah. So it'd be 
be cool to see something like that as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch it. I'd, as I say, I love all those kind of like fly on the wall almost um, behind the scenes things and just seeing like a lot of the workings of it, like as a like media producer, like what I do, it's always interesting to see how stuff is produced behind the scenes and, and the work that goes into it and, and just seeing a little bit of a different side to the, the men and women like that are on camera. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd be well up for that, whatever it is. Yeah. Especially with like some of the people there, like, like mentioned, like um, obviously Adam Cole, <clears throat> excuse me, Adam Cole is totally different to yeah. like what he is on TV. As a sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. Swerves like just, well, we we met him. He's a really nice. Guy, isn't he? It's a delight. Dar- Darby Allen's one. I'd be interesting because he's quite like enigmatic, mm. and he's he's very creative. So to see what he could kind of mm. be doing on his days off, that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving on. AEW New Japan Forbidden Door has sold eleven thousand tickets on the pre-sale, which is all that was available on the pre-sale. Um. With the rest expected to sell out when they go on general sale. Um, Gasp! Yeah, it, it's it's good to see though that like no, it's awesome. It's just um, it doesn't surprise me that it's sold out and that it's expected to sell out. Like, it's, yeah. yeah, of course it is. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So uh, when they ran this venue for Punk's debut, it held around six hundred, uh, six hundred, sixteen thousand people. Right. Um, the venue itself at max, maximum capacity holds 23,500, obviously, with different like production things. So, with their oh, production, take, take out, like the staging and stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, with their staging, they they had 16,000 seats available. So, Damn. you probably assume that it's going to be in somewhere in that region they're going to look to sell out, which I believe is the most that, that a new Japan show over here will have over here over america will yeah. have um sold do you know what surprises me what's that an aw new japan super show and obviously like it's it's gonna sell out there why not go for a bigger venue they could sell out a bigger venue surely i think the test of the wars is i i think because new japan had kind of like lost a bit of its kind of like hype right that i think well, I think one, they were testing the waters. Hmm. Two, um, because the main event's going to be Punk and Okada, so why not hmm. do it in Chicago? Oh, of course. Yeah, no, I get that. But, like, and there not bigger venues in Chicago? Uh, no, I think this is actually... Well, there's where the Chicago Bears play, but I don't think they'd sell at the stadium. Uh. Uh, as far as, like, arenas go, this is the biggest. Is the Arthur well, Ashe not bigger? That's in New York. No, no, I just mean in terms of venues that they're... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the, is the yeah. Arthur Ashe still the biggest one they've won? Yeah, yeah, Arthur Ashe is their biggest attendance. But I mean, yeah. in Chicago, this is the biggest. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, when um, they initially teased the show, Punk listed the address of this venue, which makes me think that this has been in place for a while. Mm. At, at least, at very least, since like Wrestle Kingdom, they've had this like lockdown. Yeah. There's a car that's been teased since then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To my next point, and and still sticking with this, and and just going back to what I was saying, like, could they not sell out a bigger venue? Like, or they could probably sell out a bigger venue. Why haven't they chosen one? At what point do you think 
they will or even should they look at like large large scale arenas like could AEW sell out a 30 45 50,000 arena at this point or is it still too early um again i think if they're doing like a crossover show like this i, I firmly believe they probably could because the hype for this show was like massive hmm. uh it all depends on the bill doesn't it like i i think they need to kind of like i, I think they're being cautious with it and hmm. I, I feel like when they know they can sell out an arena hmm. why would they go for one that has like double the capacity where they don't know if they'll sell it out yet. Do you think they could? Do you think the fan base is there for say a, a forty thousand? I think they're going to do one of them when they come here. I was gonna say when they come here, if they do it at Craven Cottage, the, I guess Craven Cottage did it. Doesn't hold that many though. Um, let's see how much Craven Cottage holds. Let's Google that very Let quickly. It holds uh, it's tiny. capacity is 19,000. The record attendance was 49,000, but that was against Millwall in 1938 when health and safety was not a thing. So, well, to be fair, the capacity is 19,000. That doesn't take into account the fact that they have floor seating on the pitch. That's true. So it's probably, you're probably looking more like 23. Okay. I think they could do it's twenty three thousand and in the yeah. which which would be more than Arthur Ashe. Arthur Ashe was twenty two, I believe. Okay. I th- I think they could do. I mean, uh, they've obviously shown that the appeal is there. Yeah. With that, yeah, yeah. Like, I I as I say, I feel like they're trying to build up the brand a bit more, build up the mm-hmm. because the TV ratings are that for the large part now the family breaking a million. Mm-hmm. I think they want to before they commit to doing like the pay-per-view in a bigger venue. Hmm. I mean, I say this watch, they'll fucking announce somewhere fucking massive rate for it all <laughs> now. Um I I think until they commit to like a bigger venue, until they until they can consistently be breaking a million views a week mm-hmm. and then they know they've got that that appeal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think they're gonna go that that route because especially with t- with weekly TV, they very rarely sell it out. Right. So I think they're building the markets. Um, that being said, they're doing a big show in LA. Um, I can't remember how, how many like people that hold, but it's a bit of big attendance because it's the first like show on that For on sure, the West yeah, Coast. Yeah. Um, we shall see. So, yeah. um, right. So. Do you want me to take this next one about well, we're sticking with Japan as well, or do you want to? No, you go ahead. So, uh, uh, one thing that was asked about uh, the new Japan relationship was obviously Stardom. Uh, obviously, they're owned by the same parent company, but they are two separate companies, so it's a bit of a little bit of a grey area of what's possible for that right now. Um, Stardom actually did talk about a voice and an interest of working with both AW and WWE. Um, they were a bit more vocal about, obviously, because of Forbidden Door, they were a bit more vocal about who they'd like to see from AEW there. Uh, Meltzer mentioned some of the top AEW names that Stardom will be interested in using for the, some of their big shows. Uh, he said, regarding Stardom and AEW, and right now, there is nothing to 
nothing to the story past what was written last week, which again was the there is interest. The key interest from stardom is not Britt Baker nor Thunder Rosa, even though they're AEW's biggest women stars as well as Jay Cargill. But one stardom has the most interest in for big shows are Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter, Hikaru Shida, and Ty Conti. In particular, Gulia has uh, said that she wants to work with Conti because Conti publicly said she wanted to work with Gulia. Um, it was like one of the top heels in stardom. Um, I mean, it makes sense that though, like the other three, uh, Storm, Hater, and Sheeda, were all mentioned there. I know Storm and Hater, I don't know if she does, but Storm and Hater have history in um, stardom, so it would make sense for them to go over there. Um, I'd, I'd really like, one thing I'd really like to see is if, if this New Japan show is the success we think it's going to be. Because, I mean, it's sold out, but obviously it all does come down, boil down to pay-per-view buys, doesn't it, as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, that they can then do something similar with Stardom. Yeah. Do, like, a, a women's pay-per-view. Um, or even if they're unsure about, like, whether, it, whether like, the appeal's there, if because, obviously, Stardom's a lot more niche than New Japan. Mm-hmm. Mm. Could they even do like just dedicate like an episode of a uh, TV to like That's what like I was gonna they, say yeah like they do with the uh, like when they do the weekly special like events like Beach Break for example just some something like that just do like oh yeah we're doing like AW versus Stardom yeah 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 and then just have a load of like banging women's matches took an hour and a half of that yeah 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 man that'd be cool that's interesting though like some some cool names there like Tony Storm. Like for well, uh, all of them former started like Tony Storm was, wasn't she? Was Jamie Hayter? Uh, was he her? Ty Conti wasn't, um, apart from her, yeah. I'm just double checking she the now. I can't remember if she has actually worked for Stardom or not, uh, or but if she worked for uh, either way, it's, it's pretty cool bro. that that interest is there to work with them. And I think, I think it also helps AW as well. And I know we've discussed and many people have about their their women's division. Uh, and the kind of the pros and cons, but the kind of the the positives and the, the negatives almost, if you like, of it. Um, I think something like this would be really, really cool and help them to cement their women's division a little bit more. And also, depending on when that is, like give them time to build up some more of their women's division to be part of this show as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I think, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like a lot of... Um... Uh, so she that hasn't actually worked for Stardom. She's wrestled okay. people from Stardom. Right, right. She's wrestled on shows that were promoted by Stardom. Um, but it was all like special, like retirement shows and stuff like that. It wasn't okay. actual Stardom much. Um, yeah, I, I, I think one of the things that like AW gets criticised for a lot with the women's division is that when they started out, they very heavily lent into the Joshi aspect of the women's division. Yeah, yeah, and again, it's for something that's so niche. It was what kind of hurt it because as soon as the pandemic happened, it was like, well, we haven't got anyone. They're all stuck in Japan. Yeah, yeah, with the exception of Shida and Rio. Um, so they had to kind of like figure it out, and luckily they had like Britt Baker, who was on the verge of becoming a megastar anyway. Um, mm. a few other people like Chris Statlander and Not Nye, um, yeah. like Red. Not ready, but you know, like as close to ready as they were going to be on the cusp. Uh, yeah, absolutely. 
and then that then they brought in people like Thunder Rosa um, and a few others. Mm. Uh, I, 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 it's weird. I think the AEW Women's Division isn't for for where it's at. I think it's in a really good place. I, mm. I think a lot of the criticism of it is somewhat unjustified mm. because while while there's definitely room for improvement, I'm not saying like, oh, you shouldn't be staying. They need to improve because fucking they absolutely should. Mm. I think given the fact that they had to rebuild it from the ground up yeah. during the pandemic, they've, yeah. they've got it in a really good place. There's a lot of people who look at Jake Cargill mm-hmm. this time last year. Like, she, she'd have, like, two matches. Yeah. Now she's, like, their second, like, biggest champion. She's one of the biggest stars in the company. Yeah. And she's improved massively. Mm-hmm. Um, even people like Anna Jay, Ty Conti, people who when near being the finished product and now they're like mm-hmm. uh, for me Anna Jade's the person I want to see eventually the throne Jade. Yeah. So that that shows that shows like where she's coming that in that like mm-hmm. bullet time. Mm-hmm. And she debuted during the pandemic right W. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I I think I think while there's definitely room for improvement and there's definitely criticism that I think they've they've got it in a really good place. I I I just don't know about whether they'd be able to get the pay-per-view yeah. with stardom, whether yeah. that would have that appeal because stardom is, as I say, very niche. It's not got the same kind of level of streaming thing that New Japan has. Um, to your point, I think something like one of those, the weekly special thing that they do, like the, the Battle of the Belts, the Bash at the Beach or whatever it is, or Spring Break, not Spring Break, but all of those sort of things. Um, I think one of those would work really well for it. Rather than an actual standalone pay per view, yeah, I think I think if they even if they were to do something, um, because obviously they're doing the Owen right now, even if they were to say do the Casino Battle Royal, do it like co-promoted AW Stardom, mm-hmm. and then that gives that gives people kind of like a bit of okay, a, a bit of intrigue with the with these women, and say oh yeah, on next week's Dynamite we're going to do an AEW. Like AW slash Stardom um, women show showcase, yeah, showcase it, yeah. or do do it like do it like uh, the the week. So do uh, Rampage and Dynamite, both of them. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I'd do it. Yeah, we will skip along to the next little news item. Uh, I know you're excited fighters. to talk about this. Hey, I know you're really excited to talk about this one. Very much so. Uh, yeah, more from Fightful Select. Um, they have learned more about the upcoming AEW uh, video game. Several people that have done work with the game have said that it is uh, sorry that it was a very happy accident that Kenny Omega needed time off from the ring during the home stretch of the video game being produced. We've heard that Omega has gone above and beyond and stretched far to make sure he can be of help in any way possible to the game, and the time off from the ring has helped provide that. We've also been told that AEW music producer Mikey Ruckus had to put in a ton of work for the game. Omega was a huge part of getting uh, Hideyuki Gator Iwashita on board, who was the director of WWF's No Mercy game. We're told by those involved that the push to get Gator was a very smart one and that his contributions have been valuable. Fightful Select has been told by sources that the roster size sits at around 50 and that there will be some unfortunate notable omissions in the first release of the video game. Bodyslam.net today revealed that the Owen Hart 
uh, is sorry that Owen Hart is planned for the game. A few other confirmed names we've heard along the way are Sting, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, Ruby Soho, which are to be expected. We've been told that there's still a lot of work to be done on the polishing up of the game, especially the character models. There's been a downloadable content pitched and discussed, but we don't have it confirmed as of yet. There's also a lot of online work to be done, which is common at this stage for a game. Though not officially announced, we've heard THQ Nordic is involved, but have also been told their involvement to this point has been minimal. AW also showed some new in-game footage of Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander. I haven't yeah. seen that footage just yet. Looks um, good. Yeah, I, I, I think I saw a still of it. Um, so yeah. like in action um, just to, to break that down a little bit so Kenny Omega obviously very involved from from the inception of this game uh, and that happy accident him being off being able to dedicate more time to it is awesome uh, as many know he's a big big gamer um, Mikey Ruck has been involved in the in the music production for it obviously produces the vast majority of, of AEW wrestlers entrance music so that's awesome quality producer um, yeah. Getting in Gator as well from uh, the director of No Mercy. Um, again, that's something I think that was touted a while ago. They were, they were looking to use some of the same creative team and, and the engine from that, I think. Um, so that's been really cool. Um, roster sitting around 50 at the moment, but some unnoticed, sorry, unfortunate notable admissions. Who do we think that is? Like who, like maybe like your, your Keith Lee, someone like uh, that? I Swerve? I think, I mean, the last person to debut there, obviously we know like there's always cutoffs in games, isn't there, for like mm. building the character models. The last two de- debutants there, or three, sorry, were Danielson, Cole, and Soho, which makes me think All Out Weekend. So yeah, probably Keith Lee, Swerve. Um, although that doesn't rule out um, DLC. I know there was a lot of rumour about it being like almost like a, a live service game. In the sense that they're going to be updating the roster like through the downloadable updates. Uh, rather than a whole new game. Rather than a whole new game. And with yeah. them saying the first release of the game, that makes me think as well. It's going to be that. Yeah. They, they could be, they, they could be, conti- which is what they've done with the, the Elite GM as well. Mm-hmm. Um, also means another name that's going to be missing is uh, good old Danhausen. Ah, oh, booing and hook, booing. Um, I mean, I wonder, like, if um, maybe some of the people, like, uh, like from, from like lower down the card, like the likes of uh, the Gun Club, um, maybe the acclaimed. Actually, not the acclaimed. Are definitely, nah, the acclaimed gonna, are definitely going to be in there. Definitely going to have to cast the dude as rocks, aren't they? Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm intrigued to see who's missing. I know they they were doing Jeff Hardy chance the other day, which makes me think. Um, for like for the game, which makes me think they probably just shoehorn Jeff Hardy in because like it's fucking Jeff Hardy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm intrigued to see where they, like know who the who they have in, uh, how they approach the LC. There's been a lot of conflicting reports as well. There was something that come out, but because. Because a few like other news sources didn't touch it, I was like, mm, don't know how reliable about. There's actually like a bit of kind of contempt between Kenny Omega and Ukes. Yeah, I'd read that yeah. some friction, but again, to your point, 
not many news sites reported it, so I didn't know how much truth there was in that. Yeah, like they were just talking that like a lot of the Uke stuff, like taking advantage of Kenny's like inexperience and talking down to him a bit and like wow, yeah, scrap stuff. But I, I don't, I don't know. This seems like a passion project for Kenny. I feel like Kenny's mm-hmm. probably gonna want to just get want to get it like as good as it can be. Yeah, yeah. Um. Um. Yeah, I, I, I'm still really intrigued. Uh, the footage that they brought out, it was, it was very short. Yeah. Uh, the new features it shown though was entrances. Okay. So they had, uh, they had Chris Statlander and Nyla doing their entrances, and then they had them doing like a couple of like the, not a lot, but a couple of like their key moves. It wasn't like, it wasn't fluid gameplay. It was just kind of like, just showcasing the moves. But it looked, I mean, it looked, it looked slick. Okay. It's still now to have a look. Yeah, it's still got a little bit of the cartoony aspect to it, but then they were saying like part of it's down to being alpha footage and part of it's down to just like the art style of the game. Yeah. Um, which I I don't hate to be honest. I think it's quite cool. It reminds me of like it reminds me of um more something like all stars than yeah, or, I like or, it. It's um, a bit more cartoon, it's a bit more arcadey, and I'm I'm all right with that. Yeah, it reminds me to be honest. I think what they're going for is no mercy, isn't it? Where like the characters yeah. were like sort of like very like blocky, weren't they? And not mm. blocky, but you know, like they were quite like they they look they look like action figures as opposed to like models of the actual wrestlers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. I'm just I say I'm just having a look at it now. Like I think it's pretty decent. I know a lot of people, and and they do because the wrestling community are fucking blurts. But a lot of people just sort of shitting on it a bit. And, Ah, fuck it. If you don't like it, then don't don't have a look at it, but don't spend your time looking at it to just shit on it and try and get attention. I think it looks cool. It's something a bit different. Just yeah, get on and yeah. release it because I want to buy it. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking looking forward to streaming some of the content for that. Mm. Beat everyone with their own heart. Yeah. I'm made the guy, of course. Ah <laughs> oh, shit, you won't have the full house of black. And if that if the theory of all of being the cutoffs right. Mm. Brody, we'll Brody, um, yeah. Uh, so just a quick one here, and then we'll go to a final bit of AEW news. Um, Tony Khan revealed that the sale of ROH was finalised on May the fourth, and that was his first official day as owner of AEW, uh, about AEW of Ring of Honor. <laughs> um, yeah. Sweet. Now, now let's let's get a fucking TV deal sorted. Yeah, so. yeah man. <laughs> Come on, Tony. Uh, yeah, and final bit of AEW news. Dave Meltzer in the Wrestling Observer newsletter has revealed plans for the trios titles and that the trios titles belts for the division have already been made. Quote, trios title belts have been made, so now it's just a matter of when they pull the trigger. Tony Khan was asked about making trios titles and gave the indication a few months ago uh, what it was that was happening, but they didn't want to do the announcement until Kenny Omega was back. Kenny Omega was quite a driving force behind having a trios title things, wasn't he? Before he went off, like yeah. he's spoken about it for quite a while. So it's nice that they're kind of waiting to do that until he comes back to be a part I, of it. I feel like it's going to play into the story they're doing with Adam Cole in the books as well. Yeah, because I feel like you've got the undisputed elites where it's uh, Adam Cole and um, Red mm. Dragon, and then the books are kind of awkwardly there. Yeah. He keeps he keeps kind of like acting like he he's like um, they they had like the friction between Cole and Kenny, yeah, 
before yeah. Kerry went off TV. Um, obviously, like that, that was where they were like Kenny kick called the Bullet Club. Kayfabe murdered Cole by giving him a poison, getting Nick Jackson to give him a poison kind of monster on BT <laughs> uh, to send him to the WWE. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think um, it makes sense, and also they've got so many fucking trios now. There are, there's loads. Like, they? They've got Blackpool Combat Club, they've Gun got Club. House of Black, House of Black. Um, they've got Best Friends. Yeah, they've got. Um, Jurassic Express and Christian, Death Triangle. Yeah. Um, there is another one. I'm sure there'll be a few from Ring of Honor as well. Yeah. Yeah. They've got, I mean, they've got Tully, um, Tully Blanchard Enterprises. Oh, yeah, of right. course. Fucking. The, what's, oh, what are they called again? Uh, uh, I can't remember. Phase of Death? Is it? Nah, it's, it's something really fucking brutal. Gates of it? Agony. Gates of Agony. That's it. Oh, oh, give me that on a shirt. Gates of Agony. I'm just makes surprised. Think about, there's a bank called Life of Agony, I think. It just makes you think of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they've, they've uh, Team Taz as well. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Or Carlson. Yeah. Um, Loads. Loads of yeah. them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I, I think if they do a, t- a tournament like they did for the tag titles as well, that'd be really cool where like, mm. they have eight teams and then just... Go on it. Yeah, definitely. Plus more trios action. I like trios action. Yes, boy. You could That's call it. it. You could I... call it the king of trios. Yeah, you cool. Big, big taste. He's going to be dead angry at me for, for doing that. Is that a Shikara reference? Chicago on the trios tournament called the king of trios. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, I know the other one. Um, Eddie Kingston and uh, Bram Powell. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the, the Jericho Appreciation Society. Don't worry about them. But for, <laughs> for over eight weeks, they've been the driving force and spots at a team. Fuck's sake. Right, let's draw a line under AEW Ring of Honor business. Growing <laughs> on me. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Rest of the world. Well, Vice TV put out a statement on Monday giving us some fucking great news, Troy, some great news. Um, saying we've heard some rumours flying around about season four of Dark Side of the Ring. We're committed as ever to, to both the series and the broader Dark Side franchise. Evan and Jason are hard at work making more content that we know our fans of the series will love. Stay tuned. There was obviously rumours by dear old Davey Meltzer that season four had been cancelled. Um, and there's talk that they're doing they're doing something. Uh, Evan Pusney and uh, Jason, I can't remember his name. Uh, Evan and Jason, anyway, are... Um, doing something with WWE as well. They're working okay. on the project with them. Um so yeah, be interesting to uh, yeah, interesting to see what we get here. Yep. Definitely. Any any um speculation of what we might get? Uh what like in terms of them working with WWE or just generally? No no for season four of Dark Side. Oh God. Um what what has happened that's been real controversial in the last few years that they haven't already rec- haven't already covered? They, they haven't touched the Ring Boy scan- scandal yet. The what now? The Ring Boy scandal. What, Pat Patterson? Yeah. Oh, crikey, yeah. And they haven't touched Lawler. I mean, Lawler's untouchable, apparently. Well, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, um, 
I'm trying to think. They, they always have like a big one, don't they, season. Like mm. they had Benoit, they've yeah. had Owen Hart this last season. The Bruiser broke one before. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, whatever it is, it'll be grand because they've all been bloody good. So yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure they'll probably find out like some fucking rare ones and be like, oh shit, where did this come from? Check out this absolute madness. <laughs> yeah. Do, uh, do, old- do Big Daddy and the fucking monopolization of the, the, the British wrestling industry cowards. <laughs> yeah, cool, sure. <laughs> the authors of pain are planning a return to wrestling. Akam and Razar, uh, or their, their shoot name, Sonny Dinsa and Gizem Salami, have both uh, not wrestled in over 26 months since before the pandemic. They were among some of the most surprising WWE, release, uh, WWE releases in 2020 and haven't stopped appearing in pro wrestling uh, capacity since. One reporter that reached out to Razar for an interview was told, I'm not a wrestler anymore. One promoter that had tried to book them uh, we're told the duo had retired. Um, after Fightful Select reported those interactions last year, the two and their former manager, Paul Ellering, indicated they weren't done yet, but there haven't been any details since. Promoters that we've spoken to about booking them haven't heard back, but Fightful has learned the two have plans to return to the ring. Aikman and Razar have reached out to talent about wrestling, a wrestling event they plan on running in early June in Dubai. Those that we've spoken to say that the two have plans to wrestle on the event as well. This would mark their first non-WWE wrestling match for both men who are still each in their 20s. God, I didn't realise they were still that young. Uh, one yeah, source said... Like in their early 20s when they were NXT champions. Bloody hell. They were like, they were both, I think they were both like 23, 24. Wow. Uh, yeah. One source said, I'm not sure how often they'll be wrestling, but they are planning to do this one. I'd love to see him back. I really, really like the Authors of Pain. I thought they were great. Yeah, I like the Authors of Pain. Get get them get them in the land of the hosses impact. <laughs> I'm a fucking hoss tag one. I'm in Japan just dumping people on the heads. Yeah. <laughs> what we want. Give, Japan give me would one be a good shout for him, actually. Yeah. Stop. Two big I'm, monsters in the tag division. Yeah. New Japan's tag team division's fucking terrible at the moment. It is. It is. They got the fucking belts on fucking Chase Owens and Bad Luck Farley for fuck's sake. God. <laughs> More on that later. Um, so, uh, speaking of which, let's, re- let's run down some results because we've got loads. To- there's been fucking tons of indie shows this weekend. That's there's been an but- awful lot in there. <laughs> um, so, PWG presents Delivering the Goods. This show sounds boss. I can't wait for this to be available. Uh, in the opening match, Jack Cartwheel defeated JK, JK, Shane Haste, the former uh, Slapjack. Uh, Aussie Open, uh, the team of Kyle Davis and uh, Kyle Fletcher defeated the um, world-class wrecking crew, Royce Isaacs and Joral Nelson. Uh, after the match, Aussie Open challenged PWG tag team champions Malachi Black and Brody King to a future match. Um, Jonathan Gresham defeated Kevin Blackwood in what I believe was Gresham's first match back. Nice. Oh, yeah, from his, his injury a few weeks apparently, ago. Yeah, yeah, apparently that was a banger, as you'd nice. imagine, because they're both yeah. very good. Uh, Konsuke Takeshita uh, or Takeshita, whatever it is, um, defeated Aramis, uh, which was one that people were raving about. Uh, Black Taurus defeated Blake Christian. Biff Busick defeated Speedball Mike Bailey. Uh, Busick was billed as Super Dragon. 
weighing 380 pounds from Orange County, California, and he won with the psycho driver. Uh, <laughs> Shit, he then, he then said he wanted a shot at the PWG championship and called Super Dragon a pussy because apparently he loves violence. Um, <laughs> apparently he doesn't like being alive anymore. Um, <laughs> Super Dragon's going to fucking kill him. Don't, don't play silly games, Biff. <laughs> and in the main event, the PWG championship changed hands as Daniel Garcia defeated Bandido to win the title. Garcia then challenged Konsuke to Kishita uh, to a future bout. Damn. Look forward to that. Daniel Garcia, fucking PWG champ. Get in. Yeah. Awesome. Get, yeah, I look get, forward to seeing that one. Garcia one versus Yuta for the ROH Pure Championship next, please. Yes, please. That'd be nice. Yeah. That sounds like a banging card. Uh, PWG yep. are quite slow to, to get their stuff out, though, aren't they? Um, Slowish. They put um, the show they did in November up around Mania weekend. So I reckon, I reckon Bowler's going to probably go up soon. Mm. It's usually about four months um, because they they still heavily rely on DVD sales, but then or Blu-ray sales now. But then I, I get the impression that because of um, because the main the main stumbling block for them was Ring of Honor's TV deal. Mm. Whereas I feel as if because obviously Tony Khan's allowed like talent from. Um, Talent from AW to show up at GCW. I feel like he's going to be a little less lax about that. So I, I, I do think that PWG is going to start doing actual live streams of yeah. the show. That I hope so. Nice. I That'd hope be, so. Be lovely. Yeah. Moving on. Um, it would seem, or rather, it seems as if women of wrestling, uh, WOW, is already facing issues. If people in the company are to be but are to be believed, Christ, get your words out, boy. Uh, via sources that work for women of wrestling uh, in a talent capacity, Fightful have been informed of allegations of issues surrounding surprise, surprise, Tessa Blanchard, gasp, and gasp, <laughs> and WOW after the brand looked to uh, serve as a rehabilitation project for her. After Blanchard deactivated her social media. Fightful was told that WOW sources, uh, sorry, was told WOW sources that had there had been a bit of a fallout between two sides. We don't know of her status for this week's tapings, but that will likely paint a broader picture. The issue within verifying the information is that many of the women who, uh, many of the people who work for WOW have signed non-disclosure agreements and fear backlash from the company or Blanchard when speaking out. Based on those we've spoken to, many within the company seem to think that both have more power within wrestling than they actually do. One source alleges that in a class in mid-April, Blanchard cut a promo on wrestler Samantha Sage, who is known as Americana. We're told that the promo saw Blanchard, quote, tear apart Sage, leading to many trainees speaking up. Per the source, acting classes were cancelled from that point until further notice. At least one trainee was told that Blanchard would be less involved moving forward, but that's hardly confirmed. We reached out to Sage but didn't hear back. Another source indicated that Tessa Blanchard is no longer in charge of training talent 
and that Selena Majors has been brought back to handle that moving forward. Another anonymous source that said, quote, if you're a fan of Tessa, you better learn Spanish, implying that she would have to work in Mexico. The 26-year-old Blanchard has wrestled only one match in the last two years, which was to drop the Warrior Wrestling title to Kylie Ray in the fall of 2020. One former WOW star speculated as far as saying that they believe Tessa is gone from the company, but we haven't confirmed as much. We reached out to WOW in an official capacity weeks ago, but haven't heard back. There was a major shift in plans for the company last fall, which we'll tell you more about in the coming days. Yeah, no one's come out of that yet. Um, but um, we'll, we'll, as soon as, well, probably be on next week's news, I imagine. Yeah. Um, Tessa Blanchard is a shitty person, gasp. <laughs> Ken Supreme. Um, yeah. I mean, if she's gone, I'm more, I'm more likely to check out Women of Wrestling. You are? If Tessa's gone, I'm more likely to check out Women of Wrestling. Oh, I see. Yeah. I've I... not got that dreadful fucking human being. Yeah, I oh, I don't get it. Like this, the 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 news bit said, like it's it was meant to be kind of more of a rehabilitation thing. Like fancy going into that and just continuing acting like a dick, like when you've been given essentially a second chance when no one else will touch you with a barge pole, and still seemingly continue to act like an asshole. I mean, for anyone who was considering giving her a second chance, I think that ship may have sailed. Yeah. And obviously, it's you can only go on on here saying rumors and stuff that comes out. I've I've never met the woman. I'm never likely to, but I've never heard anything positive said about her. And so it's difficult to have sympathy for people when it's. I mean, it's just nothing but negativity. There's got to be a reason that WWE didn't even WWE didn't fucking hire. Her. Yeah. Like when she, especially when she was part of like the May Young Classic. Yeah. And they were just like, nah, you're all right. <laughs> because let's face it, like the, the fucking match between her and Charlotte Flair writes itself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's got to be some kind of a reasoning behind why they wouldn't want to do do business with her. Mm. Um but yeah, uh well, who knows? Who knows? We'll we'll see in the coming days, I guess. Uh speaking of Mexico, triple A. Hey, of a nice triple A Mania 30 Tijuana's card. Yeah. Yay. Hooray <laughs> last week. Um, which saw Sammy Guevara and Tight Conti become the uh, the triple A mixed tag team champions. I also saw saw the formation of a faction between um the young books, uh Sammy and Ty and Johnny Caballero. Or John Superstar, also known as John Morrison. Also known as John John Name Changer. <laughs> John, choose a fucking name, you melt. Um, <laughs> but yeah, th- this card looks stacked. Um, so we've got the Hardy Boys versus Dragon Lee and Trellistico. That should be fun. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, Ruleta de la Muerte semi-final. So that was the eight-man tournament where um, basically to advance, if you advance into it, you lose. The loser of the tournament has one mask. Uh, oh, wow, okay. Um, so, Villano 4 versus Psycho Clown, the loser advances to the final. 
Um, and the second semi-final, Blue Demon Junior versus Pentagon Junior. Again, loser advances to the final. Hang on, uh, sorry. The loser goes to the final. Yeah. What's, yeah, yeah. what's the incentive then to win a match? That you don't have to unmask in the final. Oh, okay. I get that's lo- a fucking weird stipulation. The loser of the final has to unmask. Right, but okay. No, they, I get it now. Right. They basically got loads of like like legends of Lucha Libre, like La Park, well, Ellie Park. Um yeah. uh, they had um Kanek, who has actually wrestled Luthez. Wow. <laughs> He's that old. Fucking hell. <laughs> Ultimo Dragon. Um and someone else um that I can't remember. Uh but yeah, basically there's it looking at that, I reckon it's probably going to be Volano 4 or Blue Demon Jr. who will musk. Okay. Penton ain't unmasking. Nah, no Psycho Cloud might. Um but he's already teasing like he already started teasing a hair versus hair mask match between uh, him and Andrew Daddy. Okay. Um We've got a, a scramble match, which I assume is for the AAA Mega Championship because he's in the match, which this should absolutely fuck. Laredo mm-hmm. Kid versus Ray Phoenix versus Higo Del Vikingo versus Black Taurus versus Bandido. Jesus yes, please. Wept. Yes, please. That, that should be fun. Uh, <laughs> I, I assume that's for the world title. They haven't said it yet, but I assume mm-hmm. it is. Uh, an elimination cage match, Chick Tormenta versus Sexy Star 2. Versus Reina Dorado versus Lady Shani versus La Hydra versus Lady Maravilla versus Flamma versus TBA Tessa Blanchard. Oh, God. Also? <laughs> <laughs> Tessa Blanchard, uh, also. <laughs> yeah, that's what TBA stands for, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've got the finals of the Roulette de la Muerte, which is the losers of the of the two semi-finals against one another, and then they've got the Triple Mania Cup with competitors to be announced. Christ, that sounds Look, I'm fun. Looking forward. Triple Mania is always mental. Yeah, get fucking commentators blading and everything. Don't we about it. <laughs> uh, uh, a little one here. Speaking of masked wrestlers, Ninja Mac has reached a one-year agreement with Pro Wrestling Noah to be used as a regular foreign talent. Good shit, because fucking Ninja Mac's excellent. Have you seen the gifts that have been coming out of like his stuff in Noah? Aye, I have. He's been doing the fucking Lord's work. The Lord's work. He has, man. He's ace. He's really good. Noah else is doing some fucking awesome stuff in there, Noah, actually, recently. Who that? Chris Ridgway. Is he? Aye. He won um, the, uh, G- the GHC. It was either Tag or Trios champions. Oh, okay. On his like, debut. <laughs> Fucking hell, just, really? Just bought a belt on his debut. Wow. Um, top top yeah, progress, I, lad. I imagine uh, Chris Ridgeway's probably going to be doing some regular stuff in nowhere. Yeah, man. Um, speaking, speaking of uh, one flippy boy to another, Fightful Select has learned that GCW has landed a huge name for their June 19th show. I have checked on Aaron. He is, he, he's okay. He's, <laughs> He's depleted all the semen reserves. Uh, Fuck's sake. Uh, former IWGP champion Will Ospreay will make his game-changer wrestling debut at the Fate Music Hall in Providence, Rhode Island at GCW's I Never Liked You, which is how I feel about Will Ospreay uh, show <laughs> on Monday, June the 19th. 
Uh, the news will be announced imminently thus far. Fightful haven't appeared. Fightful haven't heard of an opponent for the show. Give him Ninja Mac. Do it. Just make them do all the flips, please. <laughs> but you don't like Will Ospreay. No, he's a cunt. Cool. Right. All right. <laughs> uh, Tokyo Sports reports night. Garbage human being. Yeah. Uh, Tokyo Sports reports that Naito will have surgery on his right eye to repair superior oblique muscle paralysis, which has been causing him to have double vision. He underwent a similar surgery in 2019 and was out of action for 20 days following the operation. 20 days isn't too bad for an operation on your eye, is it? Christ. No. Well, it, it, it makes it sound like it's the muscle around his eye, doesn't it? Yeah. So it could be, if it's paralysis, muscle paralysis, but it could literally just be that they're just tearing and reattaching the muscle. Yeah. But also, yeah. If, if you think, like, how hard that must be to heal. Mm. I mean, at least it's Naito who's just fucking deadpan all the time anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not like he's going to be fucking smiling at anyone. He's a miserable fucker. <laughs> too, too tranquilo, too tranquilo. Um, <laughs> So let, let's uh, continue with the New Japan news because there's a fucking lot of it. Um, so New Japan held wrestling Don Taco on... Um, Don Taku, sorry, not Don Taco. I'm just thinking about my tea. Um, <laughs> on the 1st of May. Uh, so let's just run down this card. Suzuki Gun, the team of Taichi, Takamichinoku and Zack Sabre Jr. Defeated Bushi, Shinji Takagi and Shiro Koshinaka. Uh, I don't know who that is. Uh Hiromu Takahashi defeated Yo. Uh, Tangaloa defeated Yujiro Takahashi. Uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships 6 or 9, the team of Master Wato and Raisuke uh, Taguchi defeated the team of uh, Suzuki-gun, Doki and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Uh, IWGP Tag Team Championships, the Bullet Club for, 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 for life. <laughs> uh, Team of Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens defeated Bishamon, uh, team of Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi, and the United Empire, the team of the Great Okan and Jeff Cobb to win the tag titles. Um, Never Openweight Championship, Tamatonga defeated Evil to win the title. Um, yes, I did. The Good Brothers, uh, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, attacked Tama after the match. Um, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Taiji Ishimori defeated El Desperado to become the new champion. There's lots of title changes on this. There's a reason. I'll, I'll get to it at the end. Uh, <laughs> IWGP uh, United States Heavyweight Championship. Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated Tomohiro Ishii to win the um, vacant title. Juice Robinson attacked Tanahashi and joined the Bullet Club after the match while looking like a bargain bin hangman page. Um, and in the main events, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, Kazuchika Okada defeated Tetsuya Naito to retain the title. Jay White attacked Okada, and the Bullet Club celebrated with all of the gold, baby. Damn. On on the um, ninth anniversary of the Bullet Club's formation. Yeah, man. I heard a lot of people talking about this past few days, man. Like a little bit of a, an injection of adrenaline into New Japan with all this going on. I mean, yeah, I think one of the things that they've really missed is the um, use of, follow, of foreign talent. They've only really had like the United Empire as the foreign talent. Yeah. 
uh, and like a few um, a few Bullet Club members, but like it, it shows how, how like much of a fucking well he had it on his shirt. He's the catalyst of New Japan, Jay White. Mm. A year away from New Japan, how much they fucking missed them. Yeah, and then coming out like everyone's talking about it. Um, I haven't watched the show yet. Faye watched it and said it was fucking insane. I'm gonna have to go back and check it out. Uh, especially uh, Tanahashi and Ishii. I think that'll be mm. my. Um, um, also, Juice Robinson joining the Bullet Club. I didn't think he was re-signing. Or was that with well, Impact? He, he worked. Everybody. Oh, okay. He he said his contract had, had expired at the New Japan USA show the other day. Oh. That was his last appearance. Ah, for, for whatever back. reason, I thought he was with Impact. But no, they they appear he appeared in Impact a few times. Finch, he's had done a few bits in Impact, and there was that talk was that he was going to sign with Impact. Ah, okay. But he has, in fact, uh, joined the Bullet Club. Also, uh, they, they had like Carl Anderson run down all the members of the Bullet Club. And then because he forgot uh, Chris Bay as they were walking out, uh, Jay White in the camera was like, just going, I haven't forgot you, Chris Bay. You're my baby, Chris Bay. <laughs> I can't wait for Chris Bay to rock up in New Japan proper. Yeah. That's ace. That sounds like a banging card. That. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll stick with some New Japan news. They've announced four title matches for Dominion, which is set to take place on the 12th of June. Uh, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, Kazuchika Okada against Jay White. The Never Openweight Championship, Tamatonga against Carl Anderson. The IWGP Tag Team Championships, Chase Owens and Bad Luck Farley against Jeff Cobb and the Great Okan. And the King of Pro Wrestling 2022 Provisional Trophy, Shingo Tagagi versus Taichi. Nice. That should Damn. be it. Uh, that's two weeks before Forbidden Door. Hmm. Um. I think depending on how Punk and um, Hangman goes, double or nothing, that the AW champion will be facing off with the IWGP world champion to close that show. I mean, any combination of whoever's in that is all good with me. All I'm going to say is if at the end of Okada and Jay White, after hitting just one, just one. Just one. Cult of personality hits. And we get punk staring down a carder. Oh, shit, man. That pop might tear the fucking hole in the space time continue. <laughs> um, moving on. Uh, this is literally next weekend. Uh, we've got New Japan Capital Collision, which is a stacked card. They've only announced three matches, for four matches for it. And it's already like, oh, baby. I it need feels this like... It feels like like a Forbidden Door pre-show. It, it does feel like... Well, it, to be honest, like the, the writing should have been on the wall. They've had like a lot of AEW guys just randomly showing up at like New Japan USA shows. Mm. It, it, it shouldn't have been a, that much of a surprise. But it's yeah. still very cool. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Kingston versus Tomohiro Ishii. Oh, Lord. Um this is what this is one for me. Brody King versus Minoru Suzuki. Yes, please. Shit the bed. That's that's <laughs> gonna be so stiff. Yeah. I I think Brody King's gonna try and kill him with them guns so long. Eddie Kingston and Ishii is also going to be very, very stiff. Yeah, but we expect that one. I mean we expect Brody King and, and Suzuki yeah. as well. 
I, I feel like Suzuki and King might fucking make Kingston an issue book team though. Because <laughs> they're gonna fucking knock lumps out of each other. Just just so we can get like a little bit of a breather. Uh we've got Akada and Trent versus Jay White and Hikalay. Nice. Uh and then the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship in a fatal four-way. Tanahashi versus Juice Robinson versus Will Ospreay versus John Moxley. Yes, please. Christ alive. That that's just, you know. Uh, also the day after this um is when the best of the super juniors 29 uh, starts. Nice. Would you like to run down the blocks, dear? Sure. Uh, we've got A block. So it's uh, Hiromu Takahashi, Los Ingobernables de Japon. Um, so seventh entry, fourth consecutive, uh, 2018, 2020, 2021 winner. Uh, Rasuki Taguchi. Um, what were these little bits after? Was it in brackets? It Sorry. shows. So it shows how many times they've entered it. Right. Um, it shows how many times on the bounce they've entered it. Oh, I see. Uh, how it shows the year they've won. They've won it previously, and it shows it if like they, they've, if they've actually win the whatever they oh, challenge no, for. No, it shows if they hold any belts currently. Oh, I see. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. So, uh, Rizuki Taguchi, nineteenth uh, entry, seventeenth consecutive entry, won it in twenty twenty twelve. And at time of writing is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion. Tajiri Ishimori, a member of Bullet Club, sixth entry into the tournament, fifth consecutive, and is currently the Junior Heavyweight Champion. Yoshinobu Kanemaru, part of Suzuki Goon, fifth entry and second consecutive entry. Uh, show from the Bullet Club and House of Torture. That's his fifth and fifth entry and fifth consecutive uh, he's also the current never open weight six man tag team tag team champion. Ace Austin of Impact Wrestling is his debut entry and is currently the Impact X Division champion. Yo from Chaos fifth entry and second consecutive. Clark Connors New Japan Strong LA Dojo debut entry. Uh, as is Francesco Francesco Akira of the United Empire and Alex Zane uh, who's currently uh, freelance. We'll move on to B Block. El Desperado representing Suzuki Goon, his sixth entry and third consecutive. Master Watto, uh, third entry and third consecutive, and is currently one half of the junior heavyweight tag team champions. Uh, Doki, so part of the Suzuki Goon, fourth entry and fourth consecutive entry. El Linderman, uh, part of Gleet uh, Stronghearts, debut entry, and is currently the Gleet T-Rex champion. Robbie Eagles of Chaos, fourth entry and fourth consecutive. Uh, Titan of CMLL, third entry and the first in three years. Bushi of uh, Los Ingobliners, uh, whatever, you know what it is. Uh, tenth entry, seven consecutive. Wheeler Utah uh, of AEW and part of the Blackpool Combat Club, his debut entry and the current Ring of Honor Pure Champion. TJP representing the United Empire, Second entry and his first in 11 years. And finally, El Fantasmo of Bullet Club. It's his third entry and second consecutive entry into the tournament. That is pretty stacked. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, uh, things as they should be. If this is so stacked for best of the Super Juniors, can you imagine what the G1 is going to be? The G1 is going to be absolutely absurd. Danielson's (laughs) absolutely in it. Mox is probably back in it. Yeah. Um, he might just wheel out Mayor the Grandad for the lulls. Sure. Why not? Um, 
I, I've got a theory. Brody King's going to be a big part of the G1 this year. That would be nice. That would be very. I, I just want to see Brody King and Ishii kill each other. <laughs> That's all I want. Um, they they have since as well uh, announced the first matches. Um, okay. I believe. Uh, so, in no order, um, Robbie Eagles versus El Fantasma. Nice. Uh, Hiromu, Hiromu Takahashi versus Sho. Uh, I say first round, it's like a league, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Bushi versus El Desperado. Ace Austin versus Taiji Ishimori. Uh, this is what I'm really excited for. Wheelie Yuta versus El Lindemann. Yes, please. Uh, Yo versus Akira. Taguchi versus Alex Zane. Clark Connors versus Kanemaru. Dookie versus TJP and Master Watto versus Titan. Wow. So that'll be nice, won't it, mate? Yes, mate. When does that start again? 15th of uh, May. It starts the 15th of May. Uh, oh, wait there. This, this says the 26th of May. There's the Super Junior. Corrick and Halton. I don't know what that means. Um, they, they've announced that anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever that means. Uh, but yeah, who, who do you think's going to win? Ooh, um... Out of that field of competitors. I know who I'd like to see win. I'd like to see Wheeler Utah win. We'd all like to see Wheeler Utah win. <laughs> he's number one bear the boy. Uh, who do I think will win? Um, I don't know, you know. Uh... I can tell you who I don't want to win. Go on. Hiromu, because he's won it the last two years and it'll be the boring choice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Master Watto? Master Watto is good. Yeah. Um, he's, Dan, he's Dan's pick to win it. Is he? MRL Lindemann is who Dan wants to win. I know Butcher said he wants Dookie to win. Uh, uh, yeah, I'd probably go with him, I reckon. I'd like to see El Desperado win it. Yeah. Because I love El Desperado. Or Yuta. Because it's Yuta. I love him. But Ishimori, um, Ishimori feels like, like I mean, he's feels like he's on the cusp. So he felt like that for a couple of years. Like I remember watching. He's the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion at the moment. Yeah. It's very rare they have the champion actually win the tournament. Really. You not? It's not not like completely out of the realm of possibility. But it is quite rare they'll have him winning. Um. I've got a funny feeling. Let me pull a club for you. Robbie Eagles, mate, you know. Because mm-hmm. he pull a club a few with like chaos and all them. Robbie right. Eagles and chaos. That that makes the most sense. Yeah. Looking at that. Although I'd I'd love it if they just like threw an absolute fucking curveball and had someone like like one of the imports, like Buter or Ace Austin or uh, Titan or yeah. El Lindemann win it. Never TJP though. Never TJP. No. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> right. We've done Wrap it. it up. That's the We've end of it. the mega the news. Mega news. Another mega news. Mm. Thanks for listening, folks. We appreciate it as always. Uh, if you don't already, do drop us a follow on all of our social media outlets: Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. 
We have uh, weekly content going out on our YouTube channel with our watch alongs. So check those out. Uh, we also do a lot of gaming. You can join our community on Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. And you can also watch this game on Twitch at Untitled Rest Pod. Um, I might beast on Halo again tonight. Might just do that. And we're also on Twitter at Untitled Rest Pod. Um, yeah, give us a listen, give us a like, give us a subscribe, all of that. Um, plenty of content, plenty of weekly content. Uh, we interviewed uh, Axel Tisha, formerly Alexander Wolf, oh, last week. And that is available to listen. Uh, and previous to that, we interviewed the one and only Warhorse. So all of that is available to listen to wherever you get your podcasts. We'll catch you next week, folks. All the best. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Sorry, WrestleVotes just broke something as, as you were wrapping it up. Oh, well, carry on. Uh, they said, ask the source about reports circulating regard- regarding AEW stars being advised to wait for 2024. They are thinking of making the jump to WWE. Source said that's absurd, and if WWE is interested in a talent that is available, regardless of promotion, WWE will do business as usual. Wow, there you go. Thanks, thanks for asking, folks. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast house in the Untitled Wrestling Podcast House. Here. <laughs>